Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano, joined by my co-host, The Zoobs. We got a victory, pal. You called it. Uh, it was a... Oh, no, you said shootout, didn't yeah, you? I, I did. I, I, I did. I also called a high-scoring game, but uh, no, I'll take We're it. We're both wrong in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> any, two way, any, any two ways that's two points, I'll take it. 100%. You always want those two points. I did say that John Tavares was going to score, and he did... JT with the with the overtime winner set up by Mitch Marner uh, on the two-on-one, and that's how that one ended. Uh, your thoughts overall on this game against the Golden Knights? I thought it, I thought they were the better team in the first and the third. I thought the second was a real drag. Uh, they went 16 minutes without getting a shot. That's, uh, yeah, <laughs> say, that's saying it lightly. A real drag. They were dreadful. God-awful. Uh, yeah, it was, I wrote that. 16 minutes, 1602. Without a shot on goal, that's yeah, disgust. That's not NHL level talent right there. But I thought they overcame it. I thought they they kept pushing. They pushed through. I think uh, I thought Matthews in particular got better as the game went on. He sort of ended the second period with a really strong shift, and that carried over. Um, you know, obviously Freddie was sensational. I think we're both going to have Anderson very high up on our list of reason they won this game. Um, but I thought it was good. I, I think. You know, suddenly we look back and we go, you know, they haven't looked amazing at any point and they haven't overpowered anybody, but they have won three straight games and, you know, against some teams that are trying to take away what they do best and, and you know, being patient and, and powering through sort of that difficult defensive wall at times and coming up and, and, and finding a way to get it done. So I think it sort of has put into perspective the last couple of games and even the, the games before the last couple of games about how frustrated we were you know th- this team is, is finding their footing and they're and they're coming along and then things are a little sunnier than maybe we thought they were yeah I mean I, I, I you can't be upset with this with this game coming out here getting yourselves two points uh, it's definitely going to be that's 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 what you want that's the mo to go out there win and get your two points uh, something that we finally did see the power play, the power play looked really good. They only went one for six, and they finally did score the the nice goal by by Austin Matthews. Just absolutely ripped it into the back of the net. But I did feel that uh, the first few power plays, and especially the one that they scored on, it actually looked like they seemed to be getting a lot of movement, and it looked like it had a little bit more life. What did you think? Um. Yeah. No. I. I think that's. I think that's definitely true. I think it was a it was a big part in in what went so right uh, in this game. I mean, that was kind of what gave them uh, a little bit of a, a boost at the end of the second period. There, I mean, they went 16 minutes without a shot, and then Marner drew that hooking call on McNabb, and uh, that kind of allowed the Leafs to get back into the game. And they finished the period after going the first 15 minutes without a shot. They finished with nine shots in the period. And uh, a, lo- a lot of those coming off of, of the power play. So it, it, uh, it was a lot better than, than in the past. We've kind of crucified the power play recently. And I just, you know, give credit where credit's due. They, they looked good. They only buried on one yeah, of the six. It did, it did but take at the end six, of the day. But yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, anything else that you pulled out of this game? Uh, you know, I just uh, I mean, they're they're on a hundred one point pace. They're back, sort of where we thought they were going to be. We, we we obviously, for all the concerns that we saw for that first month of the season, where they played, you know, they played a lot of games in a short period. 
here they are now in second place, three points back of the of the Bruins. I know it's still early, but you know it's a 101 point pace. They're a playoff position team. They're battling uh, with the elite in the division. This is where we expected them to be. Maybe we were being a little hard, and I think this was a nice refresher that you know this team can hang with a, a very good team like the Golden Knights. And and when it comes down to it, when it comes to crunch time, uh, has the talent to have those moments where the game rides on one or two individual plays. They have good enough players uh, to make those individual plays. So um, very pleased, very happy with this win. What I do like about the win is the fact that, you know, if you look back on on the season as a whole, they really haven't had any wins against, you know, really good teams. I think they have that one overtime victory against Boston. Other than that, the only wins that they've really been able to collect here so far this season were against worse teams, teams that are under 500 that they should beat, which is great. You need to get those wins, but you do need to get those wins against better teams every every now and then, those teams that you're not expected to win against or the teams where they're going to be really tight. And tonight was one of those tight games, and they were able to come away with the full two points without uh, giving up, or, or, yeah, with the full two points. Um, it doesn't matter that it went to overtime because it's a Western Conference foe, uh, but... A great game, but Freddie Anderson uh, was the story of the game. So let's get to it with a good, better, best. I'm sure Freddie's not going to show up early on this list, <laughs> but uh, who who was good for you tonight? I thought Austin Matthews was good tonight. I think I think he really showed that he is the bell cow. He is the guy that everyone looks to. That that when he turns it up a notch, everyone else sort of turns it up a notch along with him. Um, you know the the power play goal. You can tell that meant a lot to him to really rip that through and to really. Uh, bury that goal and, and even earlier in the game he was sort of really leaning into it and you could tell he really wanted to break through and it's probably been frustrating for him in the last little bit uh, to, to be sort of questioned even though he's putting up the numbers uh, I thought his goal came at a huge time and like you said finally scoring on the power play seemed to really energize them and, and that great shift at the end of the second period really seemed to energize them so uh, I thought he did a good job of, of leading the way and, and being the example tonight as, as an aggressive uh, strong, uh, a really good, really good leader, really good player. Yeah, I, I also had Austin Matthews in my good categories, so maybe I'll grab somebody else. Um, I, I, you know, let's go with the game winner. You know, J- John Tavares. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just his second game back and um, didn't play all too much. Just 16 minutes of ice time, uh, 16 and change at least. Uh, but you know, JT, I thought played pretty well. You know, there were there were spurts where he looked like he was back, and then kind of some. Down times, obviously, when during that 16-minute span where the whole team just looked like they forgot how to play hockey and they couldn't break out the puck to save their life. But other than that, I thought JT pretty good third, pretty good in the first period, pretty good in the third period, and then in overtime, uh, obviously made no mistake about it. He missed that goal the other night on the power play. He wasn't going to miss this opportunity uh, and buried it and, and won the game and got the full two points for his team, the captain, coming through in the clutch mm-hmm. uh what was better for you uh I I as much as I did sort of I, I liked the power play tonight I thought even you know it is nice to get six of them and obviously only scoring once is still not what you want but the high danger chances were there they they were generating shots at least there was a lot of um of threats and and they played uh better than they had and it, it wasn't a surprise that they finally broke through tonight, through tonight on the power play I thought they were willing to sh- shuffle it down low to get Tavares' looks. They really changed up how they went at it. And when they eventually did get the goal, um, you know, 
Austin Matthews took three shots on that shift. And when you look at sort of, obviously, Washington is the gold standard for this, but their whole power play revolves around getting Ovechkin a clean shot. And it really seemed like on that power play in particular, it was going to be Austin Matthews that gets a shot through eventually. And when he finally did, he let it go and and made it count. So um, I think that's a good sign going forward that it looked as competent and uh, as uh, slick as it has in some time. Yeah, totally agree. I thought, you know, I, I talked about it before, how I, I kind of liked what they were doing on the power play. Something else that I noticed on that goal that I thought was kind of interesting, and maybe it's just because I just randomly happened to look and, and kind of take a, a deep dive at that time, but uh, for a second I was thinking, did they switch Tavares and, and Matthews in the bumper role? Because Matthews was playing the front bumper spot, and I was like, huh. And then they ended up switching, and then when they made that switch, that kind of freed up Tavares to uh, to get a few shots off, and I, I kind of liked the way that they they did that. They kind of rotated the the position, and, and Tavares get, got the pass over to to Matthews. Uh, yeah, I, I liked the power play. I thought that they were they were great as well. Um, another guy who thought who kind of was a catalyst for quarterback in that power play that PP one Morgan Riley. I thought that he had a really good game. Um, you know, he's somebody that. It just when you're paired up with Cody Cece, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a little tough. It's a little tough to to play out there. But I thought that Morgan Riley, uh, for me, thought that he had a really good game. Um, all things considered, uh, yeah, yeah. Who was the best for you? Oh, I I think uh, I think that's obvious. I think uh, Frederick Anderson was stellar throughout. Um, especially late when after the Pacioretty goal, which was a wide-open net. Uh, I really thought he was the reason this game even got to overtime. He had two, two or three just like point-blank saves, big glove stop right at the end of regulation as well. There was a, a, a sequence where he had three in a row. So yes. I thought he he looked uh, excellent. Every threat that came his way, he, he looked confident in dealing with it. And that's a trend. He's been, he's been doing that uh, for a while now. He's been playing solidly. For the last couple of games, I saw somewhere if you take out, um, basically if you take out the blowout loss to Tampa, he's he's been excellent all year long. Um, so very impressive, and uh, you know continues a, a great string of of play here from the number one. Uh, certainly, uh, Freddie Anderson, thirty-seven saves tonight. Uh, they were out chance twenty-five to seventeen, seven high danger chances against that he had to come up and and he was big for and. You know, when your team goes over 16 minutes without allowing a shot, that means that, you know, the, the puck's probably going to be in your end uh, for most of those 16 minutes. And if it wasn't for Freddie making save after save after save, uh, really that this could have been over in the second period. But keeping his team in it and uh, allowing allowing them to finally break through and uh, a great game by Freddie Anderson. You know, defensively, too, I thought that they weren't bad. Uh, all things considered, when you take a look at how much time was spent in the uh, defensive zone, they were able to, one of the keys to the game that I had earlier this morning, or uh, yesterday's podcast when we did the preview, was they had to get bodies in front of pucks and, and they got to start blocking shots because Vegas likes to shoot a lot. And we saw that, you know, he did make 37 saves, but the Leafs also got in front of 19 shots, 19 shot blocks uh, for the Leafs today. So, you know, Freddie had some help uh, f- a little bit from uh, from uh, the defenseman and, and the forwards. Uh, but Freddie Anderson just 
hats off to you. Also, it was kind of just a goaltender's duel. Like Malcolm Subban, a good Toronto boy on the other side for Vegas, getting his first start in Toronto. He really put on a show himself, uh, 38 saves. Uh, for him and it was just that one goal in overtime that was the difference but both goalies honestly uh, deserve first and second star but Freddie he was number one star tonight yeah absolutely couldn't 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 agree more all right uh, so we got two games coming up this weekend Saturday and Sunday Flyers and Blackhawks it's another back-to-back so we'll chat about that but first let me tell you a little bit about DoorDash treat yourself to a meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash right now our listeners can get five dollars off the first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code locked on All right, coming up next, we'll preview the Philadelphia Flyers game Saturday night. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside the Zoobs. Uh, Leafs, they'll be looking for their fourth straight win tomorrow night when they take on the Philadelphia Flyers. How are you feeling about this one going into the game? We just saw them a week ago. I feel like you have to to be feeling pretty good about this uh, if you're a Maple Leafs fan, Um, not just... That they just beat them, but the, the how well they've played uh, since then. I, I think that you know I, I I'm going to stop coming on this podcast and calling the Maple Leafs are about to break out offensively and beat a team like six nothing. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that that they're going to try to keep this game to three three two three one, especially considering that they have uh, a back to back. They play Chicago the very next night, so I think um, probably one of these two games will be a Spetsa game. Maybe maybe the second. But no, I, I expect it to be a challenge. Uh, I think, you know, they're better than Philly um, by a fair margin. Not a, not a not you know leaps and bounds. Nobody in this league is that far apart in talent. But uh, I think it's a, a winnable game, and I think they're going to find a way uh, to continue to find a way to do enough to push themselves past this team. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, and it's it's kind of something that you just kind of popped into my brain as you mentioned that you're not expecting uh, for them to break out offensively you know the team says that they're still looking for an identity and that's what Babcock kind of came out to say last year it seemed like they were just trying to outscore their opponents uh, and they were just you know goal scoring machines this season it seems a little different seems like Babcock wants to put a little bit more structure do you think that the identity that Babcock is trying to establish here is more of a slowed down, slower paced game where we'll see more 3-1-3-2-2-1 hockey games? And, you know, should we not no longer expect to see these massive, you know, 7-2, 6-2, 5-2 blowouts that we saw quite often last year? Yeah, I, I do think there's a degree of that. I think that also is comes into we've both noted how teams play them teams are playing them in a way that is trying to lower like slow down their best options and i think to a degree here especially early in this season even you know you go as far as him calling the most recent game against the kings uh, a beautiful one he's sort of babcock <laughs> speaking is is happy to see this team get tested by being drawn into uh, a low scoring game and seeing how they respond to it and i think he's been happy with the results the last three games where they're sort of happy to get into the muck and happy to not uh, try to force offense at the ex- at the uh, you know extent of being caught at the other end of the ice like we saw early in the year against Montreal. I think this is uh, a bit of a design shift and, and also a little bit of uh, puck luck as well. So I, I, I do think it is a little bit intentional and there is a bit of um, defensive focus 
being put into this first part of the season? Well, it seems to be working, or at least it's been working over the past few games. Um, all right, so this game against the Flyers, uh, actually some big news came out of the press conference post game against uh, in last night's game against the Golden Knights. Uh, so we were kind of expecting, and we talked about it over the last couple of podcasts, Zach Hyman to return this weekend. That's what it seemed like, at least, especially when they sent down Patan and Marinchin yesterday. But uh, Mike Babcock came out and said, we won't be expecting him for another week. Does that surprise you? Yeah. Like, what What? What do you think's the problem? You think he might have had a setback, or were we just kind of wishful thinking that he was going to return sooner rather than later? You know, I, I think we sort of got ahead of ourselves on a, on a wishful thinking thing. I also think part of it is, um, you know, not wanting to bring him back immediately into a very busy week where it's a back-to-back and then a Wednesday and a Friday uh, and then another back-to-back on Saturday. It, they're going to ha- be a little strategic here. We also we already know that this whole roster construction is strategic to have to do with money and, and, and sort of balancing their cap. Uh, I would guess that he is going to get brought back at a particularly advantageous time that the most depth can be available to them, um, you know, and, and also it's not something you want to rush back because the last thing you would want is to bring back uh, Hyman and then lose somebody in a, you know, a roster move and then have him be rushed back and re-aggravate the injury then miss more time and be, uh, you know, shorthanded in more than one way in, in the lineup. So, I think they're just being a little careful. I, I I can't say definitively it's been any setback, but I think we also got a little ahead of ourselves in seeing him practice and assuming that meant uh, he was imminent. Um. So since we do know that this Flyers game is going to be on night one of back-to-back, you can only assume that Freddie Anderson is going to end up with the start. Uh, as In terms of the rest of the lines, we don't quite know them yet, obviously. Uh, they, they haven't had a day of practice, and we haven't seen the line rushes. But I would assume that they're just going to roll with the same lineup that they had last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, and if that's the case, I like it. I like this. I like this lineup. Uh, I thought Trevor Moore too. Actually, we didn't talk about it earlier, but I thought Trevor Moore had a good game as well. Uh, yeah. And yeah. you know, it, the fact that Hyman's going to be out for another week, you know, that gives more a little bit more time. Uh, pun intended, by the way. Very nice. <laughs> a little bit more time to uh, to kind of establish himself uh, with this Marner and Tavares line and just kind of get another look at him. Uh, all right, what are your three keys to this matchup against the Flyers? Um, number one, I, I think I think score early. I, I would like to see that. That's one thing that hasn't happened in these last three games where they are, where they are sort of um, willing to play uh, a slowed down, maybe, maybe uh, more shelled out style. They haven't gotten an early goal. It's been a mostly third period and late second period dramatics uh, all the way. I'd like to see them get off to a good start for once Saturday night, uh, fired up against the Flyers. Yeah, we saw that happen last uh, last weekend when they did play the Flyers. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen got a, got that goal early, about five minutes in. But then what happened? Penalties, penalties, penalties. So that's my thing, man. They just try and have a game where they can just stay out of the penalty box. Discipline is going to be the name of the game, I think, in this one because that's exa- the the Maple Leafs look like they were going to run away with the game last week against Philly, and then they got into penalty trouble and it just kind of slowed down the whole game. And uh, really, it just that's what allowed Philly to get back into it. So 
let's go ahead and let's try and stay out of the box. They had another five penalties today. Uh, let's try and clean that up a little bit. Maybe one, two, three at the most, and just kind of scatter them if you can. <laughs> but uh, let's let's have a clean game out there, um, and just you know let let this team gel five on five. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mm-hmm. just they they seem to play a lot better five on five than <laughs> than uh, than on the power play as of late. So I mean. <laughs> Let's uh, let's have that going. All right, what's another one for you? I, I think do the best they can to get uh, Freddie Anderson a bit of an easier night as much as he has been great. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him not have to steal one here. It, an easy night for Freddie, which is translates to uh, be solid defensively and control the puck most of the way. I, I want to see them in control of this game from, from start to finish. All right. A uh, prediction for the one against the Flyers. Uh, I'm, we're, I'm gonna see a three-two game. I think I think we've seen uh, from the last little bit sort of how the script goes for this team right now. I think hopefully they get on the board early, and then we see a one-nothing, a one-one game through most of the first two periods, and then uh, try to win the third. I think three-two seems right to me. Um. Let's go 4-3, 11-round shootout. Why not? <laughs> uh, I do like the 4-3, though. So I will, st- I will stick with 4-3. We'll say 4-3. Leafs victory. Um, all right, coming up on the other side, we'll preview Sunday night's game, part two, the back-to-back uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, welcome back to Lockdown Leafs Podcast, Maple Leafs. Have a pretty busy weekend. We teed up the Flyers game. Now we're going to tee up the game against the Blackhawks. Uh, What's funny about this is that for a long time, it seemed like Toronto was always being compared to the next up-and-coming Blackhawks. You know, Taze or Matthews is being compared to as the Taze, and then Marno is being compared to as Patrick Kane, Riley as Duncan Keith, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And... I, I always find it interesting when these two teams do get to play each other because they do have a lot of similar players. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, lot of. I think that's a, I think yeah. that's a comparison for sure. Um. So, but this game begins a massive road trip for the team, uh, which I'll get to in a sec. But they play of their next uh, for the rest for the remainder of the month. They only have two home games left. One being on the thirtieth. So I believe that's eight of their next nine games are going to be on the road. Yeah, so a big, massive road trip for this team, something that I would argue they want and desperately need. What are your opinions on that? Yeah, I think I think Coach Babs said something to a similar extent. He's post-game. He said they, their guys are starting to get a little more comfortable. They're starting to get a little more uh, chirps in the dressing room, and, and they're starting to be a little more – uh, fun with each other, and it, and it helps when you have that camaraderie. And I think I think you're absolutely right. I think getting a little out from underneath the microscope a little bit, getting away from all the Maple Leafs reporters and not having to have the visiting star come in and, and comment on what it's like, how the Maple Leafs are playing. I think it'll be doing them some good to get out on the road, uh, get, you know, have some dinners together and, uh, and really get out there as a team and, and see what they're made of through a tough stretch because it's those tests – that really reveal uh, what the team has in their depth, and and I think I think it's coming at the right time because they have sort of quickly and quietly turned things around. So now they're 
uh, ready to see just how far uh, that momentum can take them. Yeah, I, I think this is a really good thing for the Leafs, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I, I just, they haven't had a road trip yet. They haven't had a chance to bond. And with the amount of turnover that was on this team, it just didn't give them a chance to really gel yet as a family. And uh, I, I kind of—I think I mentioned it in yesterday's episode that Rob Rossi wrote a piece in The Athletic about teams you know, going out and playing on the road and how it could build camaraderie between the bunch. And I just wanted to quickly read a passage from that that I kind of thought was interesting. And it was, it was actually about Paul Coffey. Uh, so, so here it is. This is Rob Rossi in The Athletic. I'm just going to read a, a, a couple paragraphs. So Coffey said that he and the Oilers had always had a lot of fun, too much fun, some people might say, when the road tricks took them to Pittsburgh in the early to mid-1980s. A local bar, Froggies, was famous for serving stiff drinks, and the Oilers players were happy to indulge in the excess for a couple of nights in Pittsburgh. In between, they would manage to drub the Penguins, but Coffey said that those great nights at Foggies did a lot more for those Oilers than the win at the old Civic Arena. There you go. So pretty much, yeah, he's saying that those nights just out with the boys having a lot of fun is, you know, th- that can do a lot for your team morale. And, I, you know, this is something that the Leafs haven't quite had to do yet. You know, they just haven't had a long road trip. I think the longest road trip that they had, no, they haven't. They've only had... Quick games are just kind of going in and then just for the night, and then they're back home again. So they haven't even they haven't had a road trip at all to start uh, so far this season. Just one-off road games in between a, a massive homestand. So this is the first time that they're going to be able to go out, out on the road and, and have that fun as a team and really build a, a fun culture and hopefully build themselves a team identity in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, what are the three keys to the game against the Blackhawks? I think, um, you know, uh, this is this is one where the I look for the top line when, when you're a clearly a more talented team, and I think they are a more talented team than where Chicago currently is. I think you look for your best players to be your best players, and I, I look for uh, a Matthews, I look for Marner, I look for Nylander in this one against Chicago. Yeah, I, I want to see the depth rolling. I know you're talking about the the top line. I want to see all four lines get going because I think, you know, you go line by line. I think Toronto, is it just gets better and better and better. And, and I think that if they can get all four lines rolling, they should be able to really control the pace of this game. Um, and, you know, they're Chicago, they're not the Blackhawks that were winning cups a few years back. You know, they're they're on the rebuilding process. They're a little bit older, especially on the back end, and uh, I think that the Leafs should be able to take advantage of it. Uh, all right, what's another one? Uh, I think get one for the backup here. Let, let, let's get one for Hutchison. <laughs> yes. I, think, yes. I think that needs to be the attitude. I, I think um, you know he's had a rough go of it. This is one back-to-back where he is taking on the softer team in the softer spot. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's time to get one for Hutch. I agree, and, and, and it's about time, like, you know, the the past few games that he's had have been so difficult for him. Like, you, you got Pitts, or no, who did he play so far this season? Let's take a look, quick look here. Montreal, Saturday night, and then he had Boston on the road. Montreal, again, on Saturday night on the road. Like, those are tough matchups. And another one, too. Oh, the Capitals on the road. So, 
there he, he's gonna have another road start but it's gonna be against chicago a, a winnable game for him so i agree man let's let's get it going let's win one for hutch he's he's doing his best you know he hasn't been terrible and he's just kind of been hung out to dry a little bit and uh let's let's do let's do him a solid let's get him a win yeah when it last yeah. You were last year, uh, the last time that they were in Chicago, it was a wild 7-6 yeah. overtime win. Garrett Sparks was in goal. He was from Chicago. That was that was a wild, crazy game. Are you predicting another crazy, high-scoring overtime game between these two? I think it could get a little sloppy because the Maple Leafs are going to be uh, tired and... Uh... And and Chicago does have some They're guys. They're just not that good. Yeah, and and they but they do have some guys that are willing to run and gun to bring Cat, um, Kirby Doc. So they have guys that are willing uh, to to run around. Oh yeah, Kirby Doc. He ended up sticking around, right? That's right. Ah, I'll be excited to watch him. I I kind of liked him in the draft process. I thought he went a little high at number three, but uh, yeah, I'll be excited to see what he's got in store for us Sunday night. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Uh, I'd like to, to I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You subscribe to Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck and follow Zoobs at the underscore Zoobs. All right. Be sure to check back in here on Monday. We'll recap the weekend and we'll have a lot to recap. Obviously, a doubleheader. So have fun. Enjoy the games. And until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.